This is a Life School podcast, episode number 134. Everybody wants to know how to change the world, but no one wants to change. No, I'm not a writer. Okay. Welcome to the Life School Podcast, where each week you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and greater faith in every area of life. This is the stuff that your parents, teachers, and pastors forgot to tell you, and I'm Heath Hollinsby, here with your host, Caesar Kalinowski. Hello, Heath. What's going on here this, this fine autumn, I guess, day? Here we are. Newly autumn. Yeah. Doing great, man. Excited about today's episode. Excited about last week's. On... This is a super good episode. I've had a, I've had a crazy busy week. How about yourself? Yeah, super busy. Right? It's not even Easter, man. Like you're not <laughs> Christmas or Easter, you're still busy. Almost. Yeah. It's like nothing Are is you going looking on. forward to all those big holidays uh, coming up at the old big big ranch there you work at? <laughs> not yeah. really. It's a lot of it just means more work. Yeah. But gosh. Uh, man. I, I, I've been super busy this week as well, but I've also had some really good family time and time with my grandson and it was great. Space time in with him today. He's like it's so amazing. Nine months old, completely technology. Good. Normal. He looks at looks at me on the phone and wants to kiss me and hug me. Then he cried because I couldn't come out of the phone. Yeah, you know, like Isn't that amazing. He, yeah, he's, he's, it's not like what's that? Like no, there's that's my grandpa. <laughs> so, Jeez, man, so funny. The times they are changing. They say. times are are just amazing. We live in the best time ever. I think so. I do. We we live in a great time, man. And today we're actually going to talk about culture and how culture. it's woven together. And some you know what's pretty... cool about the word culture within Christianity huh. is we always we always describe the culture, and in our minds, it's out there. Yeah. You're like, what's going on in the culture today? We never include ourselves in it, you know, huh. emotionally. <laughs> you know, like today we're going to talk about how do you change culture? Oh, yeah, because they need that. You know, yeah, it's, it's always there. So, like, yeah. So, when we talk about this today, let's remember we are the culture. We are part of the culture. I'm not talking about Christianity as its subculture, that it is. It, but we're also a part of you know, the city you live in and, you know, the whole culture. <laughs> Dude, that actually reminds me of, uh, a couple weeks ago, on episode 130, we talked about happiness with David McDonald. Oh, He's so good. My mentor, my professor. And he actually, just the other day in a forum for my school, uh, wrote this this little paragraph on Christianity culture. And he said, it's an old conversation, but it's a good one. I tend to think of culture as the sea we live in. Fish don't notice the sea, nor can they escape it. Clearly, Christians are meant to live in the sea, in the world. But unlike fish, we must be able to differentiate ourselves from it. Hence, we're more like dolphins or whales. We're in the sea, but ultimately derive our oxygen from the world above. Wow. So, like, isn't that crazy? Like, That's we think brilliant. of like culture is out there. and So we're going to talk about culture today. Yeah. And, and there's, you know, this isn't brand new thought. Okay. Like I didn't, we didn't dream this stuff up, but, but all sort of cities and cultures are woven together with some f- pretty fundamental pillars, pretty yep fundamental segments of culture and a, a lot of really smart sociologists and historians and all have looked at this stuff and written deeply on it and informed some of our talk today they've identified seven pillars that all all society and culture are built upon and why i think this is important for us and why we want to talk about it today on life school is Jesus helped us clarify the purpose of the gospel when he gave us the mission in Matthew 28 of go make disciples. Yep. And so that the whole world would be filled with his glory. Go make disciples everywhere because Jesus is the glory of God. And so as we mm. make disciples who make disciples, the world is full of his glory. So the world, if it's if all these cities and all these cultures are made up of these seven pillars, they give us a really effective way of sort of looking at 
you know, how do we engage? When we talk about engaging culture, can you really engage the culture? For me, when I first heard these seven pillars and we began to put sort of a gospel intentionality onto it, I just saw them as like, here are seven doorways straight into how you or me or anybody listening might have just a very natural sort of on-ramp into how part of how they'll make disciples and where and with who and a very natural fit. Yeah. And I love when you say fill the world with his glory. Another way for people who don't know really what glory means is to fill the world with God is like. And so these are the yeah. seven avenues in, in, in a secular culture where we can actually show the world what God is like. So, And they all exist everywhere. So it's, we're not talking anybody into this or asking them to swim in different lanes. You'll, yeah. you'll see. You'll I'm going to go over them real quick here. Here's the seven pillars, and uh, we'll, we'll sort of we'll chat through them. Okay? Yeah, let's go through the seven. Okay, so here's the seven, and I don't think there's any order to them. Maybe there is. There's probably some people talk about how they're built upon each other. But okay, sure. family, there's media and the arts. Okay. There's business, sort of the whole business and trade. Okay. Education. Massive, yep. Educational system. Healthcare. Huh. Government. Okay. Okay. And then there's religion, and that's generally grouped together with service-based organizations. That's how okay. that's how the sociologists look at it. And that's I think that's a pretty fair fit, because at least for most of history, religion was the service-based organization. That was sure. the church served everybody. Yeah. And now we've got a lot of nonprofits and a lot of other things, but culturally those are together. So family, media and the arts, business, education, healthcare, government, and then religion. Yeah. And it's interesting that only one of those seven pillars actually includes religion, right? Yep. Yeah. It's not all the pillars of culture. It's a pillar of culture. Yeah. Right. And by the way, um, all of these seven, did they exist like when Jesus was walking on the planet? Hmm. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Now we said, well, there wasn't media in the arts. They, they had their arts. Yeah, for sure. they did. And media wasn't TV and electronic, but if guys were writing on scrolls and carrying them around or putting them up on walls for people to read outside the temple or, you know, in Rome somewhere, Colosseum, that's media back then. Paintings, plays, there was news, all that stuff. So media, education, none of this is new. Yeah. This has been around as long as culture society has been around okay so this makes a lot of sense to me and it seems like it's not only true but probably makes sense to obvious sense to other folks listening but when i think of engaging the culture my mind naturally runs to this like social reform or helping the homeless or maybe even christians hanging out with you know quote unquote sinners uh do you know what i mean i i do and and i'm the same way like when i think you know engaging the culture it's all that stuff you just listed but but people, all humans, we all live and work and are gifted and engaged in culture in one of these seven pillars, minimally. Mm-hmm. And so it gives us as missionaries, that's part of our identity, it gives us as God's missionary family a way to engage people in ways that are meaningful to them. Hmm. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So like for, for so long, our whole approach to engaging the culture was to just sort of shout at it from afar. Sure. What was wrong with it? Right. Um, who's the guy who I think it might be from the book Roaring Lambs. It's like we can either light a light or curse the darkness. Yeah, Rob Reiner. Yeah. Right. And so true. But what if what if you could enter into a lane, a pillar of culture that's important to someone and join them in that and then begin to make disciples within that lane? Hmm. Right. Within that pillar. So and that's key. Instead of trying to get them and pull them out of culture, why don't we just enter in to that culture? We already live there. Sure. So 
most everybody has a family. So that's why I say one or more. Yeah. But some people are involved in business. Some people are involved in educational system. Hmm. Some people work in healthcare. Now, I'm not saying every job would fall in one of these, but every job segment would fall into one of these seven pillars, you know, sure. sectors, right? Absolutely. And so this gives us a way to kind of look at things and not be paralyzed by the culture needs changing. Sure. How are you going to change the culture? Well, you're going to change it a person at a time by making disciples to make disciples. Well, who? Well, I don't know. Which of these seven pillars really stand out to you? So like, I've been a businessman my whole you know adult life. Right. And I've been in ministry since, well, my whole life too, you know? Yep. But, but, it, but I, I, I see business as just part of my life. But it's a very big pillar. It's one of the seven pillars of culture. And so for me to engage business people at a business level yep. and be involved in like, you know, downtown committee and the revitalization of my downtown or be in a chamber of commerce or be involved in a business association. That is, that's one of the pillars that I can enter right into and it's easy and people are leaning into relationship with me and we all have a common goal. Sure. Right. It's, we have some, some stuff going on. So there's this huge, like, wow, they're super interested in it. So am I low hanging fruit relationally. Absolutely. And as we'll see here in a minute, we're going to talk through this. If I could start to make disciples who make disciples out of, you know, business owners, yeah. that's going to change some things in our city. That's going to start to change the culture. And we'll kind of look yeah. at that. But for me, you know, it'd be harder government. See, cause I, I'm not a politician. I don't work for the city. I don't work in any layer of government. So for me to say like, well, I'm going to make disciples of, you know, Supreme Court justice, justices. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not. Leave that to little C. <laughs> yeah. I'll leave that to my son. Right. <laughs> um, but so I think this will become more clear as we go, but yeah. uh, like right now, just as people think through those seven pillars, think about which of those are you sort of naturally already engaged in hmm. and you're actually either passively or actively creating culture within that pillar already. Yeah. So I know this is a new way of thinking for many. I'm I'm 33 and I've been raised in this church world that says, hey, you don't go engage culture. You bring people to us and we'll put on the events. And so I just recently heard from Leonard Sweet that up until the early 1900s, even in America, the greatest art dealers in towns were the pastors. I mean, they had the best collections of art and that's how they made half their salaries was they were art people. Wow. That's cool. Which is really cool. I'm like, man, why don't we have the art? So living in the, looking at the future of where this post-Christian culture, especially in the Northwest, is this is actually exciting to me because it gives us an ability to go serve our culture in a better way. But I'm sure for many, it's very different than, than the programmatic approach of doing church. All right, so let's just kind of brainstorm conversation back and forth, looking at the you know just a handful of these seven pillars sure. and what it would look like if more and more disciples were being made within each of these. Because we want to talk about how does God you know fill the world with his glory through people, Right. And how, how people all live within these pillars. So let's just try it out. Um, sure. What is, what is the focus of media and the arts these days, like today, um, if there's no disciples involved in it? Like what's its focus on? What's it about? What's it proclaiming? You know, what's the message that a lot of media and the art has if there's no disciples of Jesus involved? Yeah, it's all about you. It's what you're lacking. It's what you don't have. It's what you could have. It's what too fat, you need too to thin, have. Not yeah. rich enough, not tall enough. Sure. Not smart much, enough, like not what we're clever looking enough. At. It's pretty much all advertising driven, which means it's product based. So it's, it's yeah. just designed to promote your lack. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Designing. Yeah. Exactly. But, but imagine going. like, what if, what if there was more and more disciples of Jesus? People really understood the kingdom and lived the kingdom life and made disciples. What if there was more and more disciples 
working within media and the arts. Think about like what what if Fallon and Lady Gaga and Oprah and Spielberg were all disciples, or even hmm. in proximity to disciples. Yeah, I mean, initially my mind goes to some of these news networks and the way they just pin people against each other to to fight for their positions. And I go, maybe we'd actually serve one another better. Maybe we'd love one another. Maybe we'd more seek redemptive to understand stories, one another. More yeah. of the good news that's going on, mostly. Yeah. You know, going on in the world instead of the focus. I was telling Tina this last, like this morning, I think, I'm I'm so close to just going news fast. I can't take it. Hmm. It's so bad. It's so hateful all the sure. time, right? Now, how how important do you think media and the arts are at shaping like worldview right now of people? Like, let's say oh. teenagers. Yeah, it's mostly what they. I mean, what the average Americans watching four hours of news a day or TV a day. Yeah, you can't tell me that's not massively affecting. I, I, is there anything more, do you think, uh, influential on worldview and how the world works and what I think of the world and myself than media? No. Nope. I don't think there is. Yeah. So would it be a worthwhile endeavor for the church to say, we're going to make disciples who make disciples specifically, we're going after media and the arts. Yeah, that'd be cool. Like, we're going to do it. We're going we're gonna to fund and train and support and pray up and support missionaries, disciples yeah. within media and the arts. Be cool, like, man. What if they did it for 30 years? You know how like some churches like will say like, hey, we're picking a city, we're going deep, yep. you know, or a country, you know, like we're going to Haiti and we're just going to like for 30 years, man, we're going to make a difference. What if, what if a, what if a group of churches said, you know what, meeting in the arts, that's our jam, we're going after it. Hmm. Think that would begin to have an effect on culture. There'd be a tipping and point eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Let's do another one yeah. of the pillars. What about the uh, educational system? Like yeah. what is, what is the focus of the educational system? What does it look like? When there's no disciples of Jesus involved. Yeah, it's uh, get a better education so you can get a better job, so you can bargain a better salary, so you can have a ultimately a bigger house one day and more titles behind your name. It's self-serving at, at its core. Yeah, get get as much as you can, right? Yeah. And it's all due to be like crazy. Like if you do this, then you, you know, you'll be this. Yeah. And if you do this, you get there. I can remember friends back in uh, in New York, and this was really magnified there. Sure. Like, like throwing up literally almost over their child not maybe going to get into the right preschool. And if they don't get into the right preschool, they won't get the first, you know, the right elementary school which means they'll never queue up for the right middle school i mean they what had it pressure all, on a three-year-old oh my god and then they're, literally they're throwing up over it. like we might have oh, to move man. we might i don't know you know it was just crazy right wow that's amazing but, but but what if what if education was full of disciples who made disciples and what if what if students were taught your education's not just a way to make a living mm. your education is so that out of the overflow of that gift that you've been given... You can be a blessing yeah, yeah, to others. Right? Sure. There's a school here in Tacoma, Washington, called SOTA, School of the Arts, S-O-T-A, mm. SOTA. And it's a performing arts school. You go three years, so you go from your sophomore year through your senior year. Sure. This is so cool. So people are dancers, people are like artists, people are drawers, painters, writers, set builders, video, musicians, singers, dancers, all of it, right? Mm. They got that. But they also do all the academics, too. Here's what's so cool about soda. The whole time you're there, you're working towards a senior project. Okay. Three years you work on it, your senior project. Your senior project, whatever it is within your discipline of dance or media or whatever it is, has to be a benefit to the city of Tacoma. That's cool. So you perform it or you install it, you show it, you whatever, right? And it has to be a benefit to the city. So the whole time they're doing their education for three years, they're thinking about, oh, my senior project, and I have to do it to graduate. And this education is so I can be a blessing to my city. That's great. Think about the difference that would be if, if, if part of your education was like, no, 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 we've been given all these gifts and smarts. 
blessed to be a blessing. Yeah. And I'm not, it's a you whole know, different way of doing about it. educators and the educate and, and people like with curriculum and the people who set budgets and all that. I'm not talking about all, all the schools that become Christian schools. Sure. I'm just saying, but what if there was more, you want to change culture? What if the educational system began to tip and it wasn't all about me and what I got out of it, but it, and by the way, it used to not be. <laughs> sure. Wouldn't that change culture? Yeah, absolutely. So, so are you an educator out there? Are you a teacher? Do you write curriculum? Do you write books for schools? Do you help set budgets? Do you sit on school boards? Hmm. You have the ability, if you make disciples, who yeah. make disciples to start to change the culture of education, which, oh my goodness, would change the culture of our cities, yeah. our country. It's a whole different approach than the escapism model of no, we're not going to send people there. We're going to start our own thing and, and circle the wagons. Yeah. As soon yeah. as we pull out of something, we say the gospel can't redeem it. And yeah. so then we have to do our own version of it so it can be nice and neat and clean. Yeah. That is not why Jesus came. You know, like he incarnated. That's like decarnation. A <laughs> <laughs> friend of mine just gave me that term, isn't it? That's it's great. It's, right? it's like decarnation. Let's do another pillar. Sure. Okay. Um, imagine, uh, say, business. Okay. What's the focus of business and businesses? If if there's not there's no disciples of Jesus involved in them, yeah, it's it's grow more so you can make more money, so you can have a bigger house, and you can have more toys, and you can for who, for yourself, for the owners, right? Yeah, for the owners, you know, yeah. for the shareholder or for the owners, sure. Maximize what you can get out of, you know, each employee out of your time. Yeah, maybe pay them less, a little less benefit, or whatever. I'm not saying everybody's that way, but generally, by and large, by and large, sure. I mean that's why people are so anti-corporate and all that stuff, right? Sure. But what if what if more and more businesses were run by people who were disciples of Jesus and they, yeah. they knew how to make disciples within business. So they saw their employees as family hmm. and they saw the profit that they made as something that is a blessing to them, but is, is a blessing to be able to be, you know, like, Hey, I'm going to help educate my employees. I'm going to help them educate their families. I'm going to make sure they have better health care. Yeah. All right. And like, no one's going to mandate it. I'm just going to do it because yeah. that's how I see businesses. It exists to provide these jobs. One of the coolest things we ever got to do is when, you know, like eight, nine years ago now, when we, when we bought Shaka Bra, that yeah. cafe that we ran, yeah. we just sold, but we, we ran for years and years is we, we got to hire back all the staff. So cool. That had just lost their job. Right. And they were like, Oh my gosh. Right. And then as, as Tina just, just worked her tail off and built that thing, we ended up with about three times the amount of employees because hmm. it, it grew. Sure. And those are family. That's how we saw it. Those were our family. I mean, a lot of people made more, a lot more money than Tina ever made, you know, sure. running a restaurant as the owner. Yeah. Because her mindset is as a disciple of Jesus, we exist blessed to be a blessing. So sure, did we, did we eat from that? Did we eat there? Did Tina take a salary? Of course she did. But we saw that as what a way to bless the city. Yeah, right? absolutely. And if you've ever eaten at Chaka Bra, it is a blessing. It is a blessing. So I hope, I mean, we're not going to go through all of these, but... You know, you think about if God's eternal plan was to fill the world with his glory, mm-hmm. right? And Jesus is the glory of the Father. Then then make it, that's why Jesus said, go make disciples and make disciples and fill every area. How do families get restored a person at a time? As people become disciples of Jesus, then then their lives are restored and their families are restored. And as families are restored, so are neighborhoods and so sure. are cities, right? And these seven pillars give us a lens into something we're already probably engaged in deeply just because of the rhythms of our life Yep. to see how do we change culture. It's not by shouting at the darkness. It's not being a hater. It's not like blowing up Facebook with everything you're anti against or what you're for and everybody else should be. It's about making disciples, first being one, sure, and making disciples within the culture, within the pillar that God's already 
divinely sovereignly placed each of us. Hmm. I, to good. me, that's so powerful. Because when I look at the macro, like our culture is going to hell in a handbasket. You know, like <laughs> we have to fix the culture. Like how? Yeah. How? But if I think, well, you know, as a business owner, I'm going to go after there. Uh, and we remember we said religion and service-based organizations was one of the pillars. Yep. Won't it be awesome when there's a lot more disciples being made within the church? Yeah. I don't say that. I, I don't say that sarcastically. That, yeah. We've talked about that a lot. There's not a whole lot of discipleship going on in a lot of our churches. Sure. So even that aspect of it and, and the way we serve our communities as the church is going to radically change as we make disciples who make disciples and they see their whole life is caught up in this eternal mission that God has to fill the world with his glory. Hmm. Beautiful. We, we get to do this. I can't believe it. You know? Yeah, that's amazing, man. Well, as we're wrapping up, um, we want to get to the big three for this week. And the way you get the big three is by going to 123lifeschool.com forward slash episode 134. Again, that's 123lifeschool.com forward slash episode 134. What are the big three? Explain what that is. Yes, yeah, so the big three are, are three takeaways we want people to have right now, tangibly, that they could walk away with, get involved with, even starting right now. Uh, and we've been using this head, heart, hands approach, which yeah, is kind something of... something to kind of know, something to believe, and then something you can get after. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. So, totally so here's free. the big three today. So making disciples that make disciples within any and all of the seven pillars is how the world will be filled with God's glory. Hmm. Even if you're not aware of it, that's what's happening. It really yep. is. So we get to intentionalize it. And it's how he will use you, everyone listening, to accomplish his eternal purpose of filling the world with his glory. So your goal with engaging any of these pillars is to identify and build discipleship relationships, not just do good works or acts of service. Hmm. It's great, man. It's pretty big. I think you're Two totally did. different things. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I mean, think about it. A lot That's of huge difference. A lot of good people doing good things, but the discipleship matters. Yeah. Yeah. And just being nice doesn't change the world like that. Yeah, right? Exactly. It's, it's, they need Jesus. Okay. Uh, second of the big three. Believe that God has uniquely and sovereignly placed you right where he wants you within one or several of the pillars okay. of culture. He's gifted you. And he's gifted everyone and given you relationships of trust within this segment of your culture already. Just think about it. I know you have them. The level of intentionality that we bring to this will determine how effective we'll be at engaging and transforming that part of culture. It won't happen structurally, you know, like through like just the passing of laws because sure. hearts won't change. It will happen relationally. Yep. It's beautiful, man. We, we always think we can fund, you know, fund the problem away. Sure. And you know, that's why we wrangle over government styles of government and politics and uh, healthcare. And like, we think we can just fund it away or whatever. It's like, no, you know, change doesn't happen that way. It happens yeah. relationally. It's yep. going to happen. Okay. It's beautiful. Third, look at right now. This is like, so the hands part of this, get right after it. Look at and pray through the seven pillars and see where you have the most natural engagement already. Because hmm. everybody does. Stop and think about it. Talk about it at dinner today, whatever. Yep. Then look to engage people within that sphere of culture in ways that you can serve them, earn their trust, and build relationships that, that can then move beyond just being acquaintances to becoming relationships in community with discipleship as your focus. Hmm. I, I know that and some people are going to go like, I don't get it. You want to change the culture, build relationships within that pillar, and disciple some people. Yep. And if, I'm telling you, if we focused on that, and just if a church or a community or a family even just picked one of the pillars and said, well, that's it for the next 30 years, that's our focus, you're going to look back over your shoulder in a few years and you're going to see massive cultural shift. Yeah. Because the ethos, the heart of it's all going to change. 
Look for those people of peace who are already leaning into relationship within that pillar that you are already living in yep. and seek to build relationships for discipleship. Did I get too heavy today? No, not too heavy. It was great. <laughs> we hope you uh, download this week's big three takeaways. And again, to do that, all you have to do is go to 123lifeschool.com forward slash episode 134. Again, that's 123lifeschool.com forward slash episode 134. You'll get the notes immediately. And that's for this week's big three. And next week, we're going to actually talk about Halloween and how it's perhaps the most... Yeah, if you're one of those people that shut your lights off and leave some Bible tracks on the front door, we've got some words Ouch. for you. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> you better... We have some four-letter words. For... <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're going to talk about how Halloween probably has the potential to be the most missional holiday of the year. It's, yeah, it's amazing. So it's we hope a you super opportunity. If you're not part of our Facebook group yet, we'd encourage you to join us. All you have to do is go to Facebook on the search bar, type in the Life School podcast, and uh, there's a growing community of people there where we actually are able to engage conversation even deeper hang than out, we do. Hang out a little bit together. Get yeah. to know one another, see each other's pictures of their families. And, uh, <laughs> so we hope you you join us there. And if you're enjoying this podcast, if you wouldn't mind heading to iTunes, the three things that we ask that, that are super helpful is that you subscribe to the podcast that you rate this show with lots of stars and that you write up an honest review for us. doesn't even have to be long. Short is fine. But that helps bless us, and it also lets Apple know that people are listening and gets our podcast out to new people. Thanks for that. Uh, as always, we'd like to thank you for joining us. And for more information, you can visit 123lifeschool.com forward slash podcast.